0: Our Town. We're doing the play Our Town for the spring show this year. Olivia dares me to try out for the lead role, the stage manager, and somehow I get it. Total fluke. Never got any lead roles in anything before. I tell Olivia she brings me good luck. Unfortunately, she doesn't get the female lead, Emily Gibbs. The pink-haired girl named Miranda gets it. Olivia gets a bit part and is also the Emily understudy. I'm actually more disappointed than Olivia is. She always seems relieved. I don't love people staring at me, she says, which is sort of strange coming from such a pretty girl. A part of me thinks maybe she blew her audition on purpose. The spring show is at the end of April. It's mid-March now, so that's less than six weeks to memorize my part, plus rehearsal time, plus practicing with my band, plus finals, plus spending time with Olivia. It's going to be a rough six weeks, that's for sure. Mr. Davenport, the drama teacher, is already manic about the whole thing will drive us crazy by the time it's over, no doubt. I heard through the grapevine that he'd been planning on doing the Elephant Man, but changed it to our town at the last minute. And that change took a week off of our rehearsal schedule, not looking forward to the craziness of the next month and a half. Ladybug. Olivia and I are sitting on her front stoop. She's helping me with my lines. It's a warm March evening, almost like summer. The sky is so bright. Scion, but the sun is low and the sidewalks are streaked with long shadows. I'm reciting, yes, the sun's coming up over a thousand times. Summers and winters have cracked the mountains a little bit more and the rains have brought down some of the dirt. Some babies that weren't even born before have begun talking regular sentences already. And a number of people who thought they were bright, young, and spry have noticed that they can't bound up flight of stairs like they used to without their heart fluttering a little. I shake my head, can't remember the rest. All that can happen in a thousand days, Olivia prompts me, reading from the script. Right, 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 I say, shaking my head. I sigh. I'm wiped, Olivia. How the heck am I going to remember all these lines? You will, she answers confidently. She reaches out and cups her hands over a ladybug that appears out of nowhere. See, a good luck sign, she says, slowly lifting her top hand to reveal the ladybug walking on the palm of her other hand. Good luck or just the hot weather, I joke. Of course, good luck, she answers, watching the ladybug crawl up her wrist. There should be a thing about making a wish on a ladybug. Augie and I used to do that with fireflies when we were little. She cups her hand over the ladybug again. Come on, make a wish. Close your eyes. I dutifully close my eyes. A long second passes, then I open them. Did you make a wish, she says? Yep, she smiles, uncups her hands and the ladybug as if on cue, spreads its swing and flits away. The bus stop. Olivia's mom, Augie, Jack, and Daisy come down to the stoop, just as I'm saying goodbye to Olivia. Slightly awkward, since we're in the middle of a nice long kiss. Hey, guys, says the mom, pretending not to see anything, but the two boys are giggling. Hi, Mrs. Pullman. Please call me Isabel, Justin, she says again. It's like the third time she's told me this, so I really need to start calling her that. I'm headed home, I say, as if to explain. Oh, are you heading to the subway? She says, following the dog with a newspaper. Can you watch, walk Jack to the bus stop? No problem. That's okay with you, Jack, the mom asks him, and he shrugs. Justin, can you stay with him till the bus comes? Of course. We all say our goodbyes, Olivia winks at me. You don't have to stay with me, says Jack as we're walking up the block. I take the bus by myself all the way. Augie's mom is way too overprotective. He's got a low gravelly voice, like a little tough kid. He kind of looks like one of those little rascal kids in old black and white movies, like he should be wearing a newsboy cap and knickers. We get to the bus stop and the schedule says the bus will be there in eight minutes. I'll wait with you, I tell him. Up to you, he shrugs. Can I borrow a dollar? I want some gum. I fish a dollar out of my pocket and watch him cross the street to the grocery store on the corner. He seems too small to be walking around by himself somehow. Then I think how I was that young when I was taking the subway by myself, way too young. I'm going to be an overproductive dad someday. I know it. My kids are going to know. I care. I'm waiting there a minute or two when I notice three kids walking up the block from the other direction. They walk right past the grocery store, but one of them looks inside and nudges the other two, and they all back up and look inside. I can tell they're up to no good, all elbowing each other laughing. One of them is Jack's height, but the other two look much bigger, more like teen's. They hide behind the fruit, stand in front of the store, and then when Jack walks out, they trail behind him, making loud throw noises. Jack casually turns around at the corner to see who they are, and they run away, high-fiving each other and laughing. Little jerks. Jack crosses the street like nothing happened and stands next to me at the bus stop, blowing a bubble. Friends of yours, I finally say. Ha, ha, he said. He's trying to smile, but I can see he's upset. Just some jerks from my school, he says kid named Julian and his two gorillas, Henry and Miles. Do they bother you like that a lot? No, they've never done that before. They never do that in school or they get kicked out. Julian doesn't even live around here, so I guess it was just bad luck running into him. Oh, Okay, I nod. It's not a big deal, he assures me. We both automatically look down Amesford Avenue to see if the bus is coming. We're sort of in a war, he says after a minute, as if that explains everything. Then he pulls out this crumbled piece of loose-leaf paper from his jean pocket and gives to me. I unfold it, and it's a list of names in three columns. He turned the whole grade against me, says Jack. Not the whole grade, I point out, looking down at the list. He leaves me notes in my locker that says stuff like, everybody hates you. You should tell your teacher about that. Jack looks at me like I'm an idiot and shakes his head. Anyway, you have all these neutrals, I say, pointing to the list. If you get them on your side, things will even up a bit. Yeah, well, that's really going to happen, he says sarcastically. Why not? He shoots me another look like I'm absolutely the stupidest guy he's ever talked to in the world. What, I say? He shakes his head like I'm hopeless. Let's just say, he says, I'm friends with someone who isn't exactly the most popular kid in the school. Then it hits me. What he's not coming out and saying, August. This is all about his being friends with August, and he doesn't want to tell me... Because I'm the sister's boyfriend. Yeah, of course. Makes sense. We see the bus coming down Amesford Avenue. We'll just hang in there, I tell him, handing back the paper. Middle school is, is as bad as it gets, and then it gets better. Everything will work out. He shrugs and shoves the list back into his pocket. We wave by when he gets on the bus, and I watch it pull away. When I get to the subway station two blocks away, I see the same three kids hanging out in front of the bagel place near next door. They're still laughing and yuck, yucking each other like they're some kind of gangbangers, little rich boys in expensive skinny jeans acting tough. Don't know what possesses me, but I take my glasses off, put them in my pocket, and tuck my fiddle case under my arm so pointy side is facing up. I walk over to them, my face scrunched up, mean-looking. They look at me, laughs dying on their lips when they see me, ice cream cones at odd angles. Yo, listen up. Don't mess with Jack, I say really slowly, gritting my teeth my voice all Clint Eastwood, tough guy. Mess with him again, and you will be very, very sorry. And then I tap my fiddle case for effect. Got it? They nod in unison, ice cream dripping onto their hands. Good, I nod mysteriously, then sprint down the subway two steps at a time. Rehearsal. The play is taking up most of my time as we get closer to opening night. Lots of lines to remember, long monologues where it's just me talking. Olivia had this great idea though, and it's helping. I have my fiddle with me on stage and I play it a bit while I'm talking. It's not written that way, but Mr. Davenport thinks it adds an extra folksy element to have the stage manager plucking on a fiddle. And for me, it's so great because whenever I need a second to remember my next line, I just start playing a little soldier's joy on my fiddle and it buys me some time. I've gotten to know the kids in the show a lot better, especially the painter who plays Emily. Turns out she's not nearly as stuck up as I thought she was, given the crowd she hangs out with. Her boyfriend's this built jock who's a big deal on the varsity sports circuit at school. It's a whole world that I have nothing to do with, so I'm kind of surprised that this Miranda girl turns out to be kind of nice. One day, we're sitting on the floor backstage waiting for the tech guys to fix the main spotlight. So how long have you and Olivia been dating, she asks out of the blue. About four months now, I say. Have you met her brother, she says casually? It's so unexpe- unexpected that I can't hide my surprise. You know Olivia's brother. I ask. V didn't tell you we used to be good friends. I've known Augie since he was a baby. Oh yeah, I think I knew that answer. I don't want to let on that Olivia has had had not told me any of this. I don't want to let on how I how surprised I am that she called her Via. Nobody but Olivia's family calls her Via, and here this pink-haired girl who I thought was a stranger is calling her Via. Miranda laughs and shakes her head, but she doesn't say anything. There's an awkward silence, and then she starts fishing through her bag and pulls out her wallet. She rifles through a couple of pictures and then hands one to me. It's of a little boy at a park on a sunny day. He's wearing shorts and a t-shirt and an astronaut helmet that covers his, his entire head. It was like 100 degrees that day, she says, smiling at the picture. But he wouldn't take that helmet off for anything. He wore it for like two years straight in the winter and the summer at the beach. It was crazy. Yeah, I've seen pictures in Olivia's house. I'm the one who gave him that helmet, she says. She sounded a little proud of that. She takes the picture and carefully inserts it back into her wallet. Cool, I answer. So you're okay with it, she says, looking at me. I look at her blankly. Okay with what? She raises her eyebrows like she doesn't believe me. You know what I'm talking about, she says, and takes a long drink from her water bottle. Let's face it, she continues. Universe was not kind to Augie Pullman. Bird, why didn't you tell me that you and Miranda Navis used to be friends? I say to Olivia the next day. I'm really annoyed at her for not telling me this. It's not a big deal, she answers defensively, looking at me like I'm weird. It is a big deal, I say. I looked like an idiot. How could you not tell me? You've always acted like you don't even know her. I don't know her, she answers quickly. I don't know who that pink-haired cheerleader is. The girl I knew was a total dork who collected American Girl dolls. Oh, come on, Olivia. You come on. You could have mentioned it to me at some point, I say quietly, pretending not to notice the big, fat tear that's suddenly rolling down her cheek. She shrugs, fighting back bigger tears. It's okay. I'm not mad, I say, thinking the tears are about me. I honestly don't care if you're mad, she says spitefully. Oh, that's real nice. I fire her back. She doesn't say anything. The tears are about to come. Olivia, what's the matter, I say. She shakes her head like she doesn't want to talk to me. But all of a sudden, the tears start rolling a mile a minute. I'm sorry, it's not you, Justin. I'm not crying because of you, she finally says through her tears. Then why are you crying? Because I'm an awful person. What are you talking about? She's not looking at me wiping her tears with the palm of her hand. I haven't told my parents about the show, she says quickly. I shake my head because I don't quite get what she's telling me. That's okay, I say. It's not too late. There are still tickets available. I don't want them to come to the show, Justin, she interrupts impatiently. Don't you see what I'm saying? I don't want them to come. If they come, they'll bring Augie with them, and I just don't feel like... Here she's hit by another round of crying that doesn't let her finish talking. Put my arm around her. I'm an awful person, she says through her tears. You're not an awful person, I say softly. Yes, I am, she sobs. It's just been so nice being in a new school where nobody knows about him, you know? Nobody is whispering about it behind my back. It's just been so nice, Justin. But if he comes to the play, then everyone will talk about it. Everyone will know. I don't know why I'm feeling like this. I swear I've never been embarrassed by him before. I know, I know I say soothing her. You're entitled, Olivia. You've dealt with a lot your whole life. Olivia reminds me of a bird sometimes. Her feathers get all ruffled when she's mad. When she's fragile like this, she's a little lost bird looking for its nest. So I give her my wing to hide under. The universe. I can't sleep tonight. My head is full of thoughts that won't turn off. Lines from monologues. Elements of the periodic table that I'm supposed to be memorizing. Theorems I'm supposed to be understanding. Olivia, Augie. Miranda's words keep coming back. The universe was not kind to Augie Pullman. I'm thinking about a lot and everything it means. I'm thinking about that a lot and everything it means. She's right about that. The universe was not kind to Augie Pullman. What did that little kid ever do to deserve his sentence? What did the parents do or Olivia? She once mentioned that some doctor told told her parents that the odds of someone getting the same combination of syndromes that came together to make Augie's face We're like one in 4 million. So doesn't that make the universe a giant lottery then? You purchase a ticket where you're born and it's all just random, whether you get a good ticket or a bad ticket, it's all just luck. My head swirls on this, but then softer thoughts soothe like a flat third on a major chord. No, no, it's not all random. If it was really all random, the universe would abandon us completely. And the universe doesn't. It takes care of its most fragile creations in ways we can't see. Like with parents who adore you blindly and a big sister feels guilty for being human over you. And a little gravelly voice kid whose friends have left him over you. And even a pink haired girl who carries your picture in her wallet. Maybe it is a lottery, but the universe makes it all even out in the end. The universe takes care of all its birds.